didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, taking a look at every single episode of Stranger Things. We have now made it through all four seasons, and we are in the deep, dark void as we wait for season five, which feels like an eternity, but we're, we're powering through. So we're never, keeping everyone entertained. <laughs> we're keeping everyone entertained by doing influence episodes like you know like last time we did indiana jones and top fives and character deep dives and this week we decided to do karen wheeler played by Kara bono and mama mama wheeler mama yeah. mike and nancy i love i love mama wheeler i do too yeah She's- so we don't we don't know a whole lot about her um we can presume she was born somewhere in the 40s I would imagine because she's probably forty-ish when the show oh, you starts. Think so? I think she's. I think she's in her thirties. I mean, it could be. Yeah, I think thirties. I mean, the, the because Nancy things... said that. Yeah, go ahead. Nancy said that she had her very young, so she got well, married. That's, what, that's, young. What, that's when they got. Yeah, got married young. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. long they waited, but um, the Stranger Things Wikia fandom page says that she was born that that she's somewhere in her forties or fifties. Um, which no I don't think, I don't think at all. So, yeah, I mean, we can, we can assume, I mean, if she was born in, you know, the late forties, she would be kind of in her mid thirties when the show starts in, in season yeah. one. So, yeah. Um, obviously husband, Ted, who we all love, uh, three yeah. kids, Nancy, who was 16 when it started, Mike was 12 and Holly was three. So Nancy's probably around 18, 19, Mike is 15 ish and Holly is uh-huh. six at the end of season four. Uh, like you mentioned, we don't know a whole lot of her backstory, but Nancy in that scene where she was practicing shooting with Jonathan mm-hmm. did say to him, my mom was young when they got married. My dad was older, but he had a cushy job. Money came from a good family. So they bought a nice house at the end of the cul-de-sac and started their nuclear family. So that's what we know about her. As far as her parenting skills, I mean, I'll give her props just as a parent because she's wow. one of the more or less absentee and, you know, more present parents that we have and the ones yeah. that we actually get to see interact with the kids, which is, which is nice and refreshing. Right. I'm really bummed that they did not bring her more into the fold by season four. I really thought that's where it was going. Yeah. Like how yeah. do how does she not know? Yeah. It's kind of weird because she's gone like, you know, she's disappeared more and more and more as the show has gone on. So I know. And then she got her own poster for season four, which made me think like, oh yeah, she's definitely gonna have a bigger role, but nope, no, nope. nope. Yeah. So we talk about the line distribution with um, our characters when we do those in season one, she had 111 lines, which was um, ranked ninth out of all the people in the cast. And she was billed ninth in the opening credits after, you know, mm-hmm. Winona and David and all those guys, by the time season two rolled around, she, her lines were cut by more than half. She only had 41 lines. It was number 17 out of everybody and was billed 13th in the opening credits. Billed 15th in the opening credits in season three, 54 lines, and um, did go up a little bit to number 16. But by the time season four rolled around, she's not even in the top 20 as far as lines. And she's also not in the opening credits at all in the episodes that she's in, which is, I think, only four or five of the nine, mm-hmm. she's, you know, billed as also starring, you know. I know. Her, and I feel like that's Bono, like a kiss so. of death. Yeah. So, but she has had other things going on and, you know, she's, she's got her little career going and she's, she's doing okay for herself, but, you know. Yeah. 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 But still. 
I know. So Cara Buono was born March 1st, 1971. So she's exactly April, May, June, July, August, five, five months older than me. Born in the Bronx, made her theater debut at age 12. She's done a whole bunch of movies and TV shows, about 25 movies, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 TV shows. She's been in The Sopranos, a whole bunch of Law and Orders and Law and Order episodes, and even had an Emmy nomination for her role as uh, Faye in Mad Men. Remind me who she is. I've watched Mad Men and I cannot remember her. I don't remember it either. I was going to actually look it up and I completely forgot to, but she was Dr. Faye Miller. And I think she was a... like a, a psychiatrist doctor, not a medical doctor. I yeah. Mean, you know what I mean? Not a, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then it was kind of funny. I was like looking at, you know, cause I do movie reviews and stuff. And after she did season three of stranger things, she produced and was the actually, actually the top build star in a movie called she, it, she came from the woods, which is kind of a cheesy eighties slasher. Kind yes. Of, it was like kind of, it's like a camp horror movie. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Not camp as it yeah. can't be but like it yeah. looked really good i haven't it's, watched it's it. actually not bad i mean it's very low budget but it's it's kind of fun and it's and it's really cool how it riffs on all the 80s you know friday the 13th mm-hmm. those kind of things so i was watching it like a couple weeks ago and obviously she's the the biggest name in it and then um along comes michael park who played tom holloway and yep. nancy's nancy's boss he's also in it so she must have brought him along for the fun I too think... which is just kind of fun <sighs> I think someone in our Discord has a connection to Michael Park. Oh, really? Yes, I think so. I think somebody went to school with him. Oh, cool. Or went to college with him, maybe, or attended the same. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure that someone oh. in our Discord has a connection to them. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So as far as her character goes, uh, a couple of really interesting things that I dug up in researching Kara and interviews that she's done. It was her idea, actually, to make Kara, uh, make um, Karen, Karen, not Kara, uh, drink wine. And so she actually went to the Duffers and said, you know, she, she was quoted in this article said in season one, I asked the props team for a glass of wine and as many as possible, because I thought she's really smart. How does she not know this is going on in her basement? 80s parents were definitely more oblivious than they are today, but I thought, well, maybe to self-medicate and anesthetize herself a bit, she drinks. So that was all kind of her. Idea. I don't even remember her drinking a ton in season one. I, I remember her. Yeah. I feel like the last episode of season two and then most of season three is when you get the more just oblivious version of Karen. I feel right. like if anyone, if any version of Kara or Karen was going to figure it out, it would have been in season one. Right. But yeah. it, she has it. Yeah. She has it. And then she was also talking uh, recently. I think it was just a couple months ago. She was interviewed. Somebody, she was on a press tour for something else. And somebody asked her, uh, the interviewer asked her how she thought or hoped Stranger Things would end. And so she said, I love Game of Thrones. And gosh, that's a bold idea. I guess everyone could be killed off. And it would be great if who survived is baby Holly. Like if she was the lone survivor, if she was the lone survivor, she'd be like five by now. That could be a whole post-apocalyptic thing. And she's alone. And maybe who knows what happens to her? She's a blank canvas. So that's kind of funny. So. I'll post I, links. I'll post links to both of those articles um, on our Twitter feed, so you guys can. Continue. I would like to see more Holly. Yeah, I would like to see more of her involved in what. I really, really hope. I mean, at this point, how are they going to say they don't know right. what's going on? Like, yeah. I, I'm very curious as how they're going to. I really hope by season five they just open it up with the town knowing like right. something supernatural is happening. Yeah. 
how else are you going to explain (laughs) the giant rift that opened up the four the four-pronged rift that is completely yeah yeah like you can't just feel like oh it was a that was a wild earthquake we had like no so I went through and just kind of rewatched everything just to kind of flip through and see Karen stuff. And obviously we talked how she's much more around in season one. She's actually the first adult that we see uh, in the show, not counting the lab guy at the beginning, but mm-hmm. she's the one that, that breaks up the party. Um, and then yeah. throughout season 30. Yeah. <laughs> Been playing for 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then we see her really, you know, trying to bond with her kids first with Mike Um after she comes home that day that Mike ditches school to stay with Elle and she's like, you know, you can talk to me. And then in the very next episode, uh, episode three of season one, that's when Nancy comes home late from Steve's and she's like, you can talk to me. So she's, you know, she's really trying to bond with her kids. I know. And Nancy's so mean to her. Yeah. In season one, I feel like she just is like, so dismissive of her mom. Like it's almost like, she thinks that she's better than her and you can tell even in that conversation with jonathan she's she like looks down on her mom for doing that for marrying in in like this starting her nuclear family like she looks at it like a bad thing right but then we learn in season three that like i just feel like she's kind of unfair to her because in season three she's the one that's like no like you back off like you like you go do what you need to do with this yeah at your job or whatever after after she gets fired yeah yeah stick with the Mm -hmm. story and everything yeah so then she goes through kind of season one she kind of kind kind of comes and goes like episode five all she really does is helps nancy gets ready for the funeral and offers to let her wear her shoes and you know that kind of thing by the time season two rolls around she's not even in really for the episodes she's absolutely not at all in episode seven and eight in Mm -hmm. in episode two she's just taking the pictures of the kids in their halloween costumes and then she's just a voice on a phone call in episode uh, six season three, she's nothing at all in episodes three, five, six, and eight mm-hmm. um, uh, episode seven. She does have that scene on the Ferris wheel with Ted and Holly, um, but really not a whole lot other than that. And then season four, she's hardly in at all. Uh, she's got one quick line in episode one, nothing in two, three, four, Mm-hmm. In episode five, she's in the background cooking breakfast. In episode six, she's got a couple lines with the police when they were interrogating the kids. And she's seen at the town uh, the town meeting with Jason. Did you um, feel like that she was going to take charge of something? Oh, absolutely. Like, I felt like when they were, I was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is when she's going to step up to the plate right. with the other parents and be like, look, like. Well, yeah, because there was that scene does, right after, I guess. Well, right after the kids run away at night, after the police are there, Callahan and Powell are there interrogating them, and the kids run away, and all the parents mm-hmm. run out looking at them, the camera zooms right in on Karen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it like dollies right up into her face. And I'm like, okay, Mama Bear's, you know, going to be yes. you know, going after him. So, and then, but yeah, episode eight, nothing at all. And then episode nine, she really, she just has that quick shot when the rift is going of, of cradling Holly yep. against the chair. And at the end with the snow. And then the, the snow scene at the end. So that's it. So. I am very, and I know we won't get to see it because there's just, there's too many characters and there's not enough time. Like they've created all these people that I'm so interested in. I would love to know more about her and Joyce's relationship because, right, you know, like she brings the casserole over when, when Will is missing, you know, she, right. you know, that's when Holly sees the lights or, or sees the thing in the wall or whatever. And, um, and Joyce is kind of mean to her. 
Yeah, very dismissive. Very, you know, get out yes. of here and you need to yes. know, you know, that kind of thing. Which, is, yeah. which was for her sake. She didn't want Karen to get hurt, but still Karen had no idea. And I would be like, well, excuse me for trying right. to help, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, you get the sense too that they're, I mean, they're two different on opposite sides of the tracks. I mean, you know, yes. Yeah. You know, so, you know, obviously their kids are best friends, but, you know, beyond that. But if. And, if Karen, I don't, we, I guess we don't know for sure if Karen grew up in Hawkins. No, we I don't. I don't know if they, you know, because we know Joyce and Hopper did. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see if they knew each other in high school. Like, yeah. you know, you could kind of see Karen being like the peppy cheerleader while Joyce right. is out like smoking with Hopper. You know what yeah, I mean? Under, yeah. I mean, well, we, we can presume from what Nancy said that you know, she's lived there since they got married, but you know, who knows exactly when that was. Right. And, and if she was there beforehand, you know, who knows? So, so we went through and did just to have fun, kind of our top five Karen moments mm-hmm. of everything that she's done. So I knew I'll, this I'll, was going to be on yours. Yeah. I thought, that's just <laughs> such a great line. It's just it's so fun. I knew it. So, episode one, season one. I hope you're enjoying your chicken, Ted. It's just it's such a great line. I mean, it, it should be. I mean, we could have called our podcast that. If it, yes, <laughs> we really could have. It's just and so fun. For the second one we have on our list, you know, it's, it's her in the bathtub and she's flirting with Billy. She's reading a romance novel, you know, and she's got all the bubbles and the candles and her hair is like the perfect, like, it's like the hair you strive for right. to like, just, you know, you just throw it up and it looks like that. You know, right. and her hair is like perfectly adorable or whatever. But people are people get really upset that she was flirting with right. Billy. Absolutely. And it's yeah. like it is a little weird, but he's 18, so it's not illegal. And right. I know it's gonna blow people's minds and people are gonna be like, Well, it's still not right. And I don't know it's not, but it's like times were different back then and True. kids matured faster. So while it's still icky. To the point of like, oh, I probably wouldn't do that, Karen. It's no. not like I saw her as like, oh, she's a predator. No, no, not you at all. Know, you know, no. and I feel like a lot of kids see that today and think that because right. it would be creepy today. It would be because kids are not nearly as mature. Like it's right. It's a weird, it's a weird thing, I think, for the younger generations to grasp. Yes. You know? And I and I think it would have been, I mean infinitely worse had she actually gone through with it i mean that would have yes been, yes know. and but they have to remember she's a stay-at-home mom ted is ted and he's not giving right. attention to anybody like he literally no. doesn't know that the world's ending he's sitting right. in his recliner reading a newspaper <laughs> and so i can't even imagine the amount of attention he gives to his his wife it's probably right. and she's she gets annoyed with him at the at the fair remember she gets annoyed yeah. with him like yeah, just, the, you know, there's a couple for everyone and yeah, and she kind of rolls her eyes and heaves a huge sigh and stuff. You know? Yeah, like, oh, this is who I yeah. picked. Yeah. But yeah, I thought she was so great in that scene as an actress. I mean, I thought it was a really Oh, yeah, scene. I think she's adorable. And actually, really set aside the rest of Billy's arc, like pretend like the rest of it doesn't happen. If you just saw that snapshot of Billy, I think he's adorable in that. Oh, in absolutely. That yeah. Scene. No, but like, yeah. you can't knowing everything else that he does like he's a big racist dirtbag but just if you only say you only saw that clip from the series you would think like oh that guy's pretty charming yeah so that was uh what we thought is number four karen moment number three i went with the the scene when nancy comes home 
in episode three of season one uh, after being out with Steve at the party and Barb disappearing and the way Karen and, and her interact and just the fact that she was, I mean, yeah, she was upset, obviously, that Nancy came home so late, but she's still trying to get her to talk to her and she's still trying to get her to open up and, you know, let her know that she's there for me. You can talk to me and I'm here for you. And I feel bad for her. So, I feel so bad for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's heartbreaking to know that like something's going on with your kid and they're not comfortable enough to tell you. Right. Like yeah. I got lucky enough for Evie. Evie is an open book. She right. like, and I don't, honest to God, I don't know what I did to get a kid like that. It's nothing <laughs> I, like, it's just her nature. Like, it's just how yeah. she is. She will come to me when she's upset and it helps that she can't lie for the life of her. Like she can't do it. Like yeah. it, there's been times where I'm like, you're, you're not telling, it'll be something silly. I'm like, you're not right. telling the truth. She gives herself away. <laughs> right. So I, it's awful to think about, you know, Karen and that particular situation. Right. So, right. oh, sorry. It's my turn. Next we're doing um, where she gets made up for Billy in season three. And she, she's, I forget what song is playing. It's like a very classic. Cheesy. I just, I just died in your arms tonight. Cutting crew. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And she, is getting ready and she's putting on that lipstick and she's gotten herself all dolled up to go have a rendezvous with Billy at the motel or whatever. Yeah. And she comes downstairs and she sees Holly asleep in Ted's arms and it right. just kind of hits her that, Oh, I've got a really great family. I can't do this. Yeah. Like, this and she terrible. doesn't, she, she doesn't speak a single word in that scene and it's just nope. so good. I mean, she does yep. such a good job of it. It was so incredible. Yeah, You can and read actually, her face. Oh yeah. And then the other thing I was kind of deep diving on her, she actually changed. Um, she actually asked for that scene to be changed because it was originally scripted that she would come downstairs and just see Ted in the, in the chair. And oh, and so she, she asked for Holly. So she went to the Duffers and said, you need to put Holly in his lap. Um, so it's more about the family yeah. And not just about the marriage, which I think is brilliant. I think it's, yeah, that's really you know, smart. I mean, looking yeah. back at it now, it's just such a great idea. So I'll uh, I'll include a link to that article too because it's really good. There's a lot of good stuff on mm-hmm. in there about that. Uh, and then our number one, I think it has to be the scene in season three, episode four, after Nancy gets fired and they have their heart to heart in the kitchen, and they're just really honest with each other. And and Karen's like, just you need to do you. You need to yeah, you know, kind of follow take your the reins. And, screw what and everybody else says if you believe in this just finish it and don't put up with their bullshit and just do it uh mm-hmm. which i think is great it was just such a really good scene so i yeah. think that's that's kind of karen in a nutshell so that is karen in a nutshell so are we ready to move on to some emails yeah okay all right i'll take the first one this is from ashley and she says this is my first time emailing in, but I have been a listener for a little over a year now, and I absolutely love it. Always gives me something fun to look forward to. Well, I'm glad that you feel that way, Ashley. Yay. A little bit about me. I am a sophomore in high school and from Virginia. I am obsessed with 80s movies, music, and all of the above. And one of my favorite things on the podcast is all of the 80s nostalgia you guys talk about from your childhoods. I mean, I wasn't alive, but I still love it. Of course. <laughs> it is very romanticized in pop culture, though. I will yes, say that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Curious to find out if the movie's coming up this summer beat the movies last year. I'm obsessed with Top Gun Maverick and several other movies that came out last summer. I am a big Stancy shipper. And if they don't don't get back together, I'm going to be very disappointed. So sad I didn't get to email in for the Steve and Indiana Jones episodes. One of my two favorite characters of all time. Anyways, here are my thoughts on Karen Wheeler. She said, I love Cara Buono playing Karen and she does a wonderful job at it. Still a little, a little weirded out. 
with the thing that happened with Billy. <laughs> Again, it, you're a product of your time. Like that's, that's sure. Why. Yep. I always love the relationship with Karen and Nancy. It's more highlighted in the earlier season there. And there isn't a ton really, but she really is a good mom to Nancy. And that was very refreshing. I always love the little scene with the two of them after Nancy is fired from her job and was a nice moment for the two of them. Yep. Next, she said, I know you guys have talked about this, but I love how almost every time Joyce and Karen have a conversation, it's always about where the kids are right. and neither of them ever know. <laughs> True. That was the way it was. Yeah, it was. We literally had a commercial reminding people to check, to make sure your kids were home. Like, right. The they you literally had to put out are? a commercial to be right. like, hey, do you, are your kids home? They should be. Like, right. <laughs> actually... I saw somebody say that that was created because there was a serial killer at the time. Is that true? I don't know. I don't either. I don't, it doesn't sound true. It sounds made up. Yes. Urban legend. Okay. And next she says, I was terrified for her in the one scene when Billy slams her face at the pool. Didn't really happen, but my mouth dropped and I was genuinely concerned. I oh, was absolutely. too because yeah. I thought there was a very good chance that Karen might die. Yeah. Yeah. I thought for sure that that was yeah. a big chance. So that uh, I was like, oh no. When that completely happened. flinched and jumped at that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta love every time Mike is on the phone and the yelling back and forth between those two reminds me when I get in trouble and my mom is in a completely different part of the house. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ted is such a downer, but she just smiles awkwardly and tries to ignore it every time. I always laugh a little bit. Yep. And she says, anywho, I hope you guys see this and thank you for making the podcast. Love listening to it. Hope you have a lovely day and I'm hoping season five isn't too far out. Until next time, Ashley, over and out. Thank you, Ashley. Next one's from Harry. Whitney and Colin, Hello. So glad you're doing an episode on Karen. I love that character, mostly because Kara is doing so much with a role that seems so thin. That is true. Mm -hmm. I love that moment in the first season when Nancy has just come home after curfew and Karen knows right away what happened, but Nancy isn't grown up enough to confide in her mother. Karen's expression when she says, you can talk to me, broke my heart. At the time the show came out, my own son was at that stage where he doesn't want to share things with his parents. So that moment really hit me hard. Even after so many rewatches, I still get choked up when I see Kara's performance. Weirdos on Reddit like to get all worked up about the fact in season three, she and a bunch of other moms were eyeballing Billy at the pool and that she was seriously tempted by the pass he made at her. Personally, the only thing I didn't like about it is that they didn't follow up on it later in the season, except with that sigh at the fair. Finally, one of the biggest complaints I have about Stranger Things is that the size of the cast means there are characters who should have a relationship but don't. Eleven was in the Wheeler basement in season three while Karen was cooking upstairs. Have they met? What sort of relationship do they have? How well do they know each other? Does Karen know she's Brenner's Russian girl? Why didn't season four give us Karen's reaction to Eleven's new Annie Lennox-style cut? I absolutely require a scene with Karen and Elle before the show is over. Nancy can be included to give it some extra spark. Karen has to be interested in Mike's sweetie pie, and I won't consider the show complete until I see her get to know her son's one true love. Thanks for keeping the podcast going, Harry, in Seattle. Yeah, they, they have never had a scene together that I'm aware of. Well, she hugs her. At the end, one. right? In four, when they come back from California. Uh oh, yes, you're right. There he was that, that one, that one quick scene. Yeah, that's right. But that is the first time that we see them interact. I do think that it's just supposed to be where we know that they do at this point because she knows that they're together by right. season three. Right. Um now whether or not she knows that's the same, I assume she does. I don't know though, because I have the kids. I mean, the kids haven't told her about the upside down, or else you would never let your kids leave the house. You would. It would, move. Funny, it would have been funny if Ted came out and said, "Oh, what happened to your hair again?" Yes, like <laughs> him out of everybody, like the man who notices nothing. Right. <laughs> like, wait a second, is that the same girl? Okay, our next email is from Skipper Melody. Hey, Colin and Whitney. Karen Wheeler is an enigma. 
She has had so many major character shifts between each season. So I'm going to go through this season by season. Season one, best mom. Karen is so caring and wants her kids to trust her and talk to her. I truly believe that if Nancy had talked to Karen about her and Steve after their night together, but before Nancy realized Barb was missing, they could have had a really nice conversation as mother and daughter. Of course, that is not what the show is about. So that is not what we got. Season two, wine mom. What happened? I guess <laughs> that her kids and her husband annoyed her so much that she decided to drink all, the, all of her problems away. That way she didn't have to deal with anything. She's always drinking, completely ignoring her kids and not caring where they are or what they're doing. It's that is just, it's how parents were. Like, I know it seems like if we're going to dog on her, I feel like you can't dog on her for that because that is how every parent was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Her and Billy. Why? Duffer Brothers. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I, I swear if you were older, you would see it differently. Like, it's not like acceptable, like really. No. But, but yes, we get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, I mean, have you guys watched any 80s movies? Like, there's a lot of like creepy stuff that would be or stuff that would be considered creepy now that happens. Yeah. So season three, Redemption Mom agrees to go out with Billy and then feels guilty for cheating on her husband and what it would do to Holly. So good job, Karen. Tries to be more active with Holly, but still could care less about her other kids. Right. <laughs> Has a reality check at the end when Mike and Nancy at the Star or at the Starcourt Mall season four closest to season one mom actually cares about all the kids offers breakfast is strict on mike about the time his flight is leaving etc hosts all the parents over at her house when the witch hunt for eddie starts in the town Mm -hmm. season one and season four karen are truly my favorites out of all of them and i just have no idea what midlife crisis she was going through in two and three anyways see you on the flip side skipper melody all right, next one's from Eve. Ahoy, Colin and Whitney. Hope you all are okay. Not going to lie, when I heard the next episode was Mama Wheeler, I instantly burst out laughing. So this week should be a fun one. Here's my top five things about Karen Wheeler. One, she always has so much respect for Nancy and her dreams. When Nancy got fired from the post, Karen believed in her and told her to get back on her feet, even though she didn't know the full story. Great 80s parenting there. Number two, she has a zero tolerance policy for lack of input from her husband. In season one, when Ted said nothing throughout the whole Steve, Nancy, Mike basement argument, we were blessed with one of the greatest lines of the season. I hope you're enjoying your chicken, Ted. What did I do? What an amazing woman, she says. Number three, she's a pretty loyal person to the sleeping human that is Ted. Like she got this hot teenager knocking on her door, inviting her to a swimming lesson. And after all that, she decided to stick with Ted and her family. Number four, she only wants Mike to be safe from the minute Brenner showed up at her door to the moment they reunite in Hawkins. His safety has always been important to her, even if she didn't always know where he was. Anyway, that's all I got for Karen. Also, I had my prom two days ago. It was super insane. As always, thanks for your hard work on this podcast. Love from the UK, Eve. Hope you had a great prom. Yeah. That's a late prom, right? I'm I'm assuming super insane is a good thing. So let's let's hope for Eve's sake. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, really. Okay. Next one is from my buddy Harriet. She says, hey, Colin and Whitney, I loved the last episode, even if I couldn't contribute to it. Karen is an okay character for me. Sometimes I feel like she could be more involved in Mike and Nancy's lives. Maybe that's just an 80s thing or a me thing. Because it feels like she could stop a lot of the dangerous situations from happening, even if it was considered mean or annoying, like the whole going out biking in the rain at night thing in season one. Mm -hmm. I also, did she know that they were going? I feel like she didn't know. Well, they knew they had to go home, so. I mean, if that's the scene we're talking about. No, the one in the rain where they find. Oh, 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 right, right, right. I was thinking at the beginning. I think she didn't know that was happening. Could be. 
I also think that she needs to check herself sometimes before situations happen. Like the whole Billy thing in season three, which I found totally icky and gross. But she <laughs> redeemed herself and didn't hook up with her son's friend's older brother. Overall, though, Karen Wheeler earns a B plus on my character scale. Not the worst worst, but not my very favorite. And yeah, I do think rowing is a bit of a safety hazard. A total of four people capsized this year already. Oh my lord. Although we were totally safe out on the dam. There were about 10 times out of the out on the water with our coaches and water safety. We also had the coxswains controlling the boat along with the other three people actually rowing. It's been super warm, but also super cold in Queensland. Like it'll be 20 degrees Celsius, but feel like 25 or 20 degrees or 20 degrees and feel like six. Anyways, that's all I've got. Have a great week. Love, Harriet. Yay, thank you, Harriet. Next one is from Ellie. Hey, Colin and Whitney. I've got my dance performance tonight and straightened my hair yesterday. It's so much longer than it's curly and than it is curly and it's ridiculous. Anyway, not much news this week, except I saw Sophia, my pen friend, who she mentioned in the last one, mm-hmm. and she was super, super sweet. On to Karen Wheeler, who is definitely the character who has changed her appearance the most other than the kids. Like compare season one Karen to season four Karen. She really embraced the 80s fashion, you know? Also off topic, but I'm convinced that Holly is going to have some sort of big role this next season. Like they keep showing her each season and she's got a bigger role in season four. So maybe also Karen, dear, what, just what were you thinking? Billy is some 20 to 30 years younger than you. Why would you even consider a relationship with him? If you're going to cheat on Ted, at least do it with someone closer to your own age. But I hope you're enjoying your chicken. Ted is such a great line. I love it so much. Love Ellie. Thanks Ellie. All right. Next one is from Audrey. She says, hey, Whitney and Colin, it's Audrey again. I won't be able to listen to this episode because I'm going to summer camp the 1st through the 16th. I'm 12. I don't know why, but Indiana Jones was still boring for me. I watched it again. (laughs) That's disappointing. Now to Mrs. Wheeler. I love her character. Here's my top three. I love character Kara's hair in this role. I loved when Karen and Mike had the conversation about Nana over the phone. Yes. And I love when she and the ladies were showing off to Billy. I thought it was so funny. Love, Audrey. Thanks, Audrey. That was that one. I'll take the next one, too. It's from Tori. She says, hello, everyone. It's Tori with the crocheted potato. Did I hear Colin say he didn't know why Disney was making live action movies? Anyways, I heard online the main reason for this is that Disney wrote in his will that every 10 10 years, Disney classics will be remade for every generation to enjoy. But I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that's true or not. And I don't I don't know. When I say I don't know why they're like, why are they doing this? Not like really why are they doing this i'm like why are they doing this yeah you know it's just i thought it was because you know they put some in the vault yeah i didn't know if that was it like they take them out of the vault yeah every 10 years you can buy them and then there's some that you like can't ever get anymore at all i mean it just it just seems to me i mean disney is always known for their imagination i mean the people who work there are are imagineers that's what they're called you know so so just to, keep, just to keep trotting out the same stories and right. yes, it's live action versus animated or whatever. It's I mean, still the same though. It's still the same movie. So, I mean, mm-hmm. make something new and, you know, I don't know. So yes, I know why they're doing it, but I don't really know why they're doing it. You know, so yeah. that's, that's the difference. Yeah. When you guys start talking about snow, I got confused. I live in Utah, so we could experience all four seasons in one day. It was about 80 degrees, but I was still wearing a hoodie. Thank you for <laughs> thinking that my potato is cool. Also, it doesn't take long to crochet a potato. Anyways, this is very long, so I should get to the chase. Karen Wheeler is my mother figure. She's got me to learn how to pick locks and learn that you should follow your dreams. I love how Karen loves to kid with Ted. Karen and Ted are one amazing power parents. Anyways, I don't really have any more, much more to say about Karen. P.S. I don't know what I would do without this podcast. Thank you guys so much. Munson out. Hey, thank you, Tori. 
All right, next one's from Quinn. Hey, Colin and Whitney, I really don't have much to say about Karen Wheeler. She's not my favorite with all the Billy stuff. It's just gross. Her hair evolution is funny, I guess, but I just don't like her. That's really all I have to say about her, but I did start watching Freaks and Geeks, and I love it. Also, I have a music recommendation. If you haven't heard anything by Lawrence, you need to listen to them. They are amazing. I've never even heard of them, actually, but Mm-mm. I'll certainly check them out. My favorite right now is Don't Lose Sight, the acoustic version. I also have a musical theater recommendation if you guys like that kind of stuff. I just watched Chicago recently, and it was so good. It is. It's very, very good. I've seen the movie. I haven't seen the, the actual show, but yeah. Yeah, I've seen the movie. Yeah, the music is incredible, and one of the main characters, whose name I can't remember, is played by Morticia Adams in Wednesday. And that's Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones. I also love the Heather's musical, too, and I thought I'd mention it because it's more 80s. Gray really likes that. She likes the-, the I don't Heather's think I've musical. ever seen the musical. She, um, Gray listens to the, the score all the time. Oh, okay. She hasn't seen it, but yeah. Um, if my high school ever does a production of that, I really hope I get cast as Veronica Barrett Wilbert Reed, who played Veronica uh, off Broadway, is amazing. Anyways, I don't have a lot to say about Karen, as you can tell. She's really just there for me. Honestly, though, I think a character deep dive on Ted would make for a great episode. Oh, thanks for happen. reading. Thanks for thanks for reading my last two emails from Quinn. All right, thank you, Quinn. Next up, we've got Dax. He says, hey, Colin and Whitney, my name is Dax and I'm from Utah. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now and I have always wanted to write you an email, but wasn't sure if you would read it. Well, you know, there are those that we just don't read sometimes. That's true. There's one each week that we're like, this is the (laughs) one that's not getting read. So if you're reading this right now, thank you so much. I've always loved Karen Wheeler and thought she's a great mom to have. My top three moments are when Karen is eavesdropping on Mike when he's on the phone with Elle. Her not beating the living crap out of Mike and Nancy in the first season. The kids were jerks and did things behind her back and she still loves them. That's a super <laughs> mom right there. Listen, that's what happens when you're a mom. It is. Can't help it. And his number one is her ultimately not going with Billy to the hotel pool. She realizes that she has a perfect family as it is. And sorry if this email is super long, but I just wanted to tell you that my top five favorite characters from Stranger Things and they are number five, Hopper, four, Max, three, Dustin, Two, season three, Robin. And number one, Steve the Hare Harrington. He is my role model. Thank you so much for reading my email. This has been Dax. Goodbye till next time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for Dax writing in. That's all the emails we got on our beloved mama bear, Karen Wheeler. So mm-hmm. we do have a couple emails, uh, people that were kind of late to the party on other things and, and other things. So we'll mm-hmm. do those and then we'll tell you what we're doing next. Yeah. So in our category of other emails, we've got one from Breezy. Breezy says, hello, my name is Breezy, age 29. I'm a big fan of your podcast. I just recently found it, but have been on a binge ever since. I really enjoy how you two incorporate a bit of history and or background on several aspects of the show. I'm probably one of the biggest fans of Stranger Things ever. I even have a Stranger Things tattoo. Ooh, I want to know what it is. Yeah, cool. Send us a picture. Is it the the 11 on your arm? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, just like yeah. I've ton, ton people would have those. Yeah. I think it's cool. So thank you for putting my Stranger Things knowledge to the test and also expanding it. I just wanted to say hello and introduce myself, and I can't wait to continue on this podcast journey with you two. I'm currently on season three, episode two of your podcast, and I get excited for each next episode. I am dreading the day I catch up and can't listen all day, every day. <laughs> thank you for taking the time to produce and release your work. I hope you both are doing well, Breezy. You know, speaking of, you know, putting their knowledge to the test. Where has Sophie D gone? Oh yeah. We haven't heard from her in a month and I'm still waiting to find out how many Eggos boxes Elle had in her arms. Oh yeah. Sophie. Where are you? Sophie. Hmm. Or Sophie's little sister. Yes. Yes. We'll take either. Get get the ball rolling. We miss you. Come on back. (laughs) 
All right. Next one's from Megan. Hey, Colin and Whitney. I'm so happy I found your podcast. It's incredible to have found a whole community that is addicted to Stranger Things as I am. Here are my list of my top five funniest moments. Number one, when Max steals the car in season two and Steve comes to consciousness and freaks out and then everybody and then Max yells, everybody shut up. That's a good scene. Number two, when Dustin tries to get Max to join the Hellfire Club and he realizes she's being totally sarcastic. I just love how excited Dustin is at first and then the slow roll to the realization. Number three, when Steve, Robin, and Nancy are in the woods and Steve and Nancy have their cute moment and then Steve just yells, Robin, slow down, Robin, Robin, just the way Steve says Robin at the end sends me. Number four, at the end of season three, when Max, Lucas, and Dustin are packing up and Lucas and Max totally make fun of Dustin's never-ending story and then Dustin just flips them off. But it's a cute scene. <laughs> Number five, in the scene where Dustin, Max, and Lucas are being interrogated on the couch after the little night swim and the police <laughs> ask if they've seen Eddie and Dustin goes, the psycho freak killer. I love it. Also, I had a fun idea for another episode you guys could do, top five duos. I think it'd be fun to do a deep dive on some of the most platonic duos like Dustin and Steve, romantic duos like Hopper and Joyce, and even some unexpected duos. For example, I love Steve and Max's dynamic. That's Steve a really good such, one. That is a good one. Steve is such a protective older brother for her. Forgot to mention this, but on the pod for season two, episode four, Colin brought up TV tag as his oh. Colin moment. Now, I might have been, I might not have been born in the 80s. I was born in 2001, but in my elementary school, we loved that game. It was awesome. So it's official. Kentucky was the only state that never played TV tag. <laughs> it says, says, stay strange. Thank you from Megan. So thank you, Megan. I appreciate the little TV yes. tag validation. So yeah, thanks, Megan. Yeah. All right. We have another email from Skipper Melody, and she says, Hey, Colin and Whitney. So I actually have a TikTok page under the same name with a Disney lore playlist that goes way farther into this than I will get into here. But here is a basic summary. If you guys don't remember last week, she mentioned Jock Lindsay being part of Disney Secret Society. And I was like, What Secret Society? And right. Now this is her explanation. Imagineers building Disney parks began planting hints of a secret society within their Disney parks. The society is called the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, or the SEA. This society is featured heavily in Tokyo Disney SEA for obvious reasons, but is starting to appear more and more in other parks. This society connects storylines from rides like Big Thunder Mountain, all four storylines, the Haunted Mansion, all three storylines, Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Tower of Terror, to name a few. Indiana Jones himself is not a member, but Jock Lindsay, his pilot, was. Indy also got to team up with another group called the League of Adventurers, which is featured in Shanghai Disneyland. And in doing so, actually got to meet the very same league that would also discover Atlantis, the version inside of Disney's animated film. As a big fan of this society, I'm very excited to see if there are any hints of it in Dial of Destiny. There were hints of it in the Jungle Cruise film, and with Haunted Mansion releasing at the end of July, and a Tower of Terror film on the way, I'm curious to see if Disney will turn the SEA into a cinematic universe, and if Dial of Destiny will be a part of it. When I related it to Stranger Things, I was doing so to say that not a lot of people know about the society, and in Disney lore, the only people who do are either members or fellow people who are passionate about exploration and discovery. In Stranger Things, those who know about the upside down are those who have direct contact with it and otherwise it is kept as a secret from the public didn't mean for that to get so long see you on the flip side skipper melody i actually went and watched several of skipper's tiktoks she's adorable and they're really really good and there's i like got sucked into like a whole like i like went down a deep rabbit hole oh yeah so, you sent me the return of the jedi one that was really good yeah yeah, yeah. like there's they're really good skipper yeah so yeah, I'm still I'm still not 100 percent sure on what this whole lore thing is. But I don't get it either. But I'm like very like so. I'm just like enthralled by it. Like I still yeah. don't understand. Like, is this a secret society that people like real people exist in, or is it just like yeah, characters created by Disney within the Disney universe? Yeah, I don't know. 
it sounds kind of like Easter eggy, which is always kind of fun. So yes, and I should probably it. mention I did see Dial of Destiny. I had, I have no reference point on whether or not whether it's SE, connected any uh, SEA stuff was in it, but I did see it. Harrison Ford is old, but anyway, I mean it was fine. It was fun. It was not yeah. up there with you know Raiders or Last Crusade, but better than Crystal Skull. Yes, I think it was better than Crystal Skull. I mean, did it was Spielberg was, do Crystal Skull. Yeah, he, he did all of them except for this one. So yeah, James Mangold did this one, oh, but. Okay. I don't know. It was, it was long. It was two and a half hours. At least it was somewhere in that, that neck oh, of the that woods, is long. but I mean, it was good. The cast was good. Sala came back uh, for a couple quick scenes and Marion was back for a quick scene at the end, which was, which was kind of neat to see them. And I mean, it was, it was very Indiana Jonesy, but you really, and I, I was trying, I was sitting there watching it and I'm like, I really miss Spielberg, but I don't remember. I don't know exactly what I miss about Spielberg. Mm-hmm. But I was just trying to think back to Raiders and Last Crusade and stuff and just like certain shots or certain way things were framed or something like that. or the yeah. way that, And so I, I don't really know exactly what I missed, but it was it was very palpable that Spielberg did not direct it. Mangled yeah, fun, I, but, you know. I was going to see it until I talked to you about it. And now I'm like, well, I'll just wait. Like, I'm not going to go to the theater to see it. And plus two and a half hours in the theater just sounds miserable to me. Yeah, that's that, that that's a long way. So, yeah. All right. I think we got one last email. It's from Jason says, Hey, Colin and Whitney is perfect timing with this influencer episode because I intended to do a rewatch of the Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones films due to the new movie coming out next week, which is last week. As a kid, I was a huge fan of Temple of Doom. I also enjoyed the other two original films. I would watch them all frequently over the years. I saw Crystal Skull in the theater, but I don't think I've watched it since. Neither have I. I do intend to do a rewatch of it as well prior to the new film. New film. I don't know if the 15 years in between will make me think any differently about the film. In rewatching these after having seen Stranger Things, I would say, in my opinion, the biggest influence on these uh, these films had was on Hopper's character. He's a gruff action hero like Indy. If the films were made today, I could see David Harbour playing the role of Indiana Jones. I missed getting my email in for the last episode, but I also wanted to say that my favorite episodes from season one are episodes one, seven, and eight. The vanishing of Will Byers had me hooked right off the bat with that crazy, scary opening and the kids playing D&D. I was in for this show from the get-go. The bathtub and the upside down were the culmination of this amazing season, which filled me with so much 80s nostalgia and brought me back to my childhood. It is funny that I actually waited a few months after the first season came out before I watched the show. I remember they had an advertising campaign on the subway line here in Toronto. There were ads for Stranger Things and there were rotary phones set up. And when you picked it up, you heard Will's voice talking to Joyce. It creeped me out so much. I avoided the show for a bit, but then I heard all of the 80s nostalgia stuff was in it and I had to check it out. I watched and I was hooked. I couldn't wait for the second season. And after watching both seasons multiple times, I decided I would introduce my wife to it. And she is not a horror fan at all. So during the seasons, I would warn her about any scary parts coming up. She loved the show and continues to love it to this day. Anyway, sorry, getting off topic. Let's talk about Stranger Things. You're on topic. Yeah, you're fine. Yep. Love the podcast as always. Thanks. Your friend, Jason from Toronto. I do love a good interactive marketing campaign. And they did it after... I did after season two where there was a number you could dial. It was like Hawkins Electric, I think. Yeah, I remember they had Murray's phone number. That was after season three. Right. And then they had and the, it pe- was the pizza. His one. phone number was the actual coordinates. And it was where it was where Hopper was Hopper in was, Russia. Right. Yeah. And then after season two, I there was a it looked like an old poster on a subway. And it was like Hawkins Electric, and you could call okay. it. But I can't remember what the message was when you called. Like it was yeah, a legit remember, yeah. phone number, it, it but I can't remember. Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, and then you have the the pizza one uh, after season four too. I remember with that one. the Argyle. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could call yeah. him if you haven't tried. Don't try before you deny. On the oh yeah, 
Yeah. Yes. So. Okay. Right, so that- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, I cut you off. No, that does fine. it for this week. Um, next week or next time we are doing another top five episode on July 20th. And this time we're gonna do top five duos or top five best duos. So we're yeah. we are we are taking the advice of what was it that suggested it? Oh, Megan suggested yes. it. So yeah, July 20th, we will be back with another top five episode, top five best duos. And that could be anything that could be Joyce and Hopper. That could be Steve and Max. That yep. could be the mind flare and the shadow monster or the yes. and the or, or Dustin and dart, whatever you want to call. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't anything. have to be romantic couples or no. anything like that. So, so yeah. get your emails to us by Sunday, July 16th. And we will get those on for you on July 20th for our next episode. And we hope to see you all then. And Sophie, where are you? Come, Come back. on. Come back Come to back. us. Okay. As always, you can find us on the socials at Skips Hoy Pod. And if you want to email in and put your email in the running to not get read, you can email us at skipshoypod at gmail.com. And we also have a Discord server. If you want to join and talk to other Stranger Things fans, that link is pinned on our Twitter account. And you can just join from there. If you can't, mm-hmm. if you don't have Twitter, you can always email us and we'll send it to you. Yep. Um, as always, I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. It's an music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.